Opinions expressed on ACB Radio are those of the respective program contributors and cannot be assumed to serve as endorsements of products or views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Welcome, everybody, to our Veterans Check-In. It's kind of a first one. We've got kind of a little bit of a light audience tonight, but that's no problem. The reason for this call, first of all, let me introduce myself. I'm kind of getting ahead of myself already. I'm Tyson Ernst, and I live in Springfield, Illinois, and I served in the United States Army from 1986 until 1990. I released from service just prior to the first Gulf War. With me on my virtual right side is the VIST coordinator from the Ileana Veterans Region, Mr. Jeffrey Stroud. Hi, Jeff. Hello. Hi. Hi, Tyson. How are you? I'm well, thank you. And you? Uh, very good. Thanks good. for having me If you want to give me a little bit of, uh, and those listening, because uh, this is going to be put up and rebroadcast uh, and they can download it, uh, a little bit of who you are, what you do for the VA, and uh, maybe how you got involved with it. Okay. Uh, my name is Jeff Stroud, and I am a VIST coordinator in Danville, Illinois, at our medical center. We sometimes go by Ileana. We're on the Illinois-Indiana border. So I have, uh, my background actually is in social work, which a lot of these VIST coordinator jobs, that's a pretty natural progression because um, we do a lot of case management. So um, I was not very familiar with the vision services at the VA until this job was posted. And I started looking into information and was really surprised at, at how much this program offered. So I was lucky enough to get the job and I love it. It's a, it's a fantastic way to help people. Um, I always say it's, it's a good use of the government's money. <laughs> and, and that's how I came to know you too, was because uh, you are my VIST coordinator. Correct. And if I could throw a plug in for you, <laughs> uh, we have a couple hundred people on our roster. And Tyson, I can say without a doubt that you are the most technologically proficient of, of anybody on our roster. And uh-huh. um, yeah, I mean, it's um, there's not even a close second. So, you know, your ongoing education, advocacy and commitment to this field is, is wonderful. And uh, as a VIS coordinator, it makes us proud. Well, I, I very much appreciate that. Thank you. That was yeah, that's incredibly kind of you to say that. Um, so, uh, in your so you kind of um, you kind of touched on something that I wanted to I wanted to get with today with people, uh, and eventually we're going to open up and let those who are with us um, speak out if they like. Um, but during during this this last uh, several months where we've we've been involved in lockdown and 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 we know it differs from state to state and region to region. Um, and how has that affected uh, vision services through the VA? Um, drastically. It's, you know, as people try eventually to figure this out, like the best way to keep employees safe, best way to keep veterans primarily safe. Like, you know, those first few days after it all started, people didn't know if you should wear masks, not wear masks. But eventually, um, they very quickly came to the conclusion that this is ripe for a lot of a lot of health issues, so they they pretty much postponed um, all the vision services uh, except for just the emergencies. So all the elective stuff went away, just got put on hold. And same with the referrals to our blind rehab center. Um, I'm not positive, but I, I've um, I understood that maybe they had COVID in in the rehab center, which 
might delay their reopening. But I think just we're starting now to phase back in um, with with safeguards in place, with distancing and masks. And um, pretty much at the VA, we've been taking temperatures since probably after the first week when they realized that was a pretty effective intervention. So the VAs, they've been good about, about keeping everyone safe. That's yeah, I've, and I've experienced that too. When I've when I've gone to my local clinic, I've I've had to have my temperature checked, and there's several questions that they ask me. Uh, you know, the, the standardized "Where have you been? Who have you been around?" kind of stuff. Right. Um, so yeah, and 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 they've been really good about that. Um, you know, a lot of services with the VA have been have been shut down to to exact what is absolutely essential. Essential. Um, exactly. That's it. Okay. And uh, on that note, and I know you probably touched on it, I'm going to ask just one more time. You, sure. you aren't aware of any timeline yet for, um, for the things like the BRCs to begin uh, accepting uh, inpatient again? No. And I checked as recently as the last seven days. And because I think they had a little bit more focus of the, uh, of the virus there, I mean, they may be delayed even more than other facilities, but I think they will open um this is what i don't know you know in the state of illinois it's a federal entity who will make the decision to open it um if we'll go with state guidelines i'm guessing um which means that we'll go through the phases and eventually phase back in and that's kind of what we're seeing now we're seeing um, appointments being made yeah i'm actually starting to get calls now about coming back in and and doing doing services that i normally do through the va um so okay uh I do have a question, Tyson, if I could. Uh, please. Sure. What does VIST stand for? Yeah, that is a good place to start. It's like the other 1 million acronyms that the uh-huh. VA uses. It is Visually Impaired Service Team. Got it. So the VIST coordinator is kind of at the heart of it, but around that is all the different services that we kind of coordinate with, which audiology and rehab medicine and prosthetics and yeah, a lot of services that these kind of that we provide in addition to the vision services. Now, I remember that was a very that was a term that was very unfamiliar to me when I started with the VA was the was the word prosthetic because mm-hmm. I always thought it meant to be like you know like a, a limb replacement kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, that, that I'm like, wait, I don't need that kind of stuff. <laughs> well, yes, um, you learn pretty quick. Yeah, because that's what I thought too, prosthesis. So, but they are basically the department that takes care of our ordering. So we, uh, we place our orders to prosthetics and they kind of vet it and, and check and balance it. And then eventually they'll issue a purchase order and send it out. Um, so the veteran can get it. So they're, they're essential, but no, it's not what you think. <laughs> right. Okay. That's um, now I'm we trying do. to think here. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Sydney. I just wanted to let you know that we do have some people in the room and including David Dowland. Oh, nice. Wanted you to know. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll get to that here in a second. Sure. Um, so, so thank you, Cindy. Um, so uh, how much contact during this, during, since the, since the close down and, and that have you, have you had with, with your, with veterans? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, that, that was really the directive after people started realizing how dangerous this disease is and the kind of the links that we're going to have to go to this virus and, and the links that we're going to have to go to, to keep each other safe. And so the VA let a few of us um, start 
they wanted us to start working from home. I mean, nobody requested that that's what they wanted. And so most of us went to a four days at home, one day at work. And, but part of the, the reason why we could do that is mm-hmm. they wanted us just to focus on wellness and reaching out to the veterans. So um, I think initially in the VIS program, we sent out a letter just saying, if you have any immediate needs, call me at this number. Um, because we worried most about people living alone who don't drive and don't have a lot of support. So they don't have access to groceries or transportation. So that was the initial concern. And then we started um, calling them one by one and just asking, you know, is there anything you need? How are you doing? Um, and that's not just groceries, but it's also just maybe doing a quick check-in with them emotionally, mental health wise. I mean, this has been really stressful for people. Um, and, and you kind of hear that when you talk to talk to the veterans, like it's tough. It's, you know, it's not just that you're shut in and they have to distance from the people you care about, but I mean, you read on the news how dangerous this virus can be. And so, you know, it's invisible and you don't know who you may be in contact with. And so, you know, people kind of are on edge and it's for that too, just to reach out and see if there's anything they need in the way of uh, mental health services. Cause we're doing all that on zoom also, by the way. Right. Okay. That's, that was something I wasn't aware of that you were doing this through zoom. Uh, that's good to know. And you, you did, you, you perfect, you, you pivoted perfectly to, to another part of why I wanted to do this call. And, and that is because uh, the nature of being a veteran, we know that we know that what we've done in the military uh, has affected a lot of us throughout our lives. Mm-hmm. Um, we see that, that uh, rates of things like PTSD are up uh, and, and those kind of things. So, coming into this and so many unknowns and so many things are changing on, on almost a, a breath um, mm-hmm. that it does, it does kind of keep people who have these, these different, um, these different like more hidden type of uh, hidden type of circumstances um, really on edge. And uh, I'm wondering, uh, we're going to open this up here in just a few minutes. If you've seen any of that uh, or if you've heard tale tale of that, becoming an issue as well? Um, We've had a few instances where, um, especially with the guys, um, not necessarily blind guys, but just veterans who, you know, one of the things they rely on is we have uh, in-home services. And for a while, they were not letting the homemakers and the home health aides go out. And so these guys who were dependent on them for daily care and meal prep and things like that did not have it. So, I mean, those sorts of things were the ones that, we were kind of racing through our rosters to see who was most at risk in our mind, like um, who had the most risk factors and then reach out to them. Yeah, that's, um, let's see. Was there a second part to that question? Uh, not really. No. no, it's just, it was just the fact that I know that, that, uh, you know, and, and I've, read i've i've been reading these things and and hearing them and and through some of the emails that i do get through the va uh that they're really kind of putting an emphasis on um especially on the 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 more younger veterans who are uh recent uh in theater kind of people mm-hmm. um that not just that but also with the with the last several weeks um uh, going on with all the protests and such you know we have kind of a conglomeration of several things um that conflate each other <laughs> And you were absolutely right. Yeah. And I think we do see that, you know, one of the, one of my coworkers is a, a therapist. So he, he sees patients basically by the hour, like in private practice. And, you know, he talks about 
everybody, this is discussed at least in part by everybody who comes through, uh, through the session now. You know, for some, it's very distressing. And for some, it's, it's not as much. And some of that, oddly enough, it, it kind of goes with political lines that people have drawn. But it's on everybody's mind. And yeah, it, definitely the people who have already experienced crisis and trauma. I mean, this can only exacerbate it watching some of these violent scenes play out on TV, you know, and then having a military style, maybe uh, presence at these at these events. You know, for a veteran who's been there and done that, I'm sure this is unsettling uh, completely. But yeah, I mean, we're here and we're prepared. That's that's awesome to know. And I and I know that uh, for me, I very much appreciate knowing you guys are there for that. Um, so what I'd like to do now is um, to kind of turn to to everyone who's out there, and uh, if you want to, you're, we're not no one's obligated to do so. But if you'd like to share any experiences that you've had, um, not necessarily specifically to to the last several months and and what's going on, you but, do have uh, raised hands already. Okay, yeah. thank you. But to any any kind of thing that you would you would care to share, who do we have? Margie. Hey Tyson, it's great. Hi to Margie, see how are you doing? I'm great, thank you. As Tyson knows, I'm the former VIFS coordinator at San Francisco VA. Oh, that's cool. I come from the blind rehab side of things. I got my, actually, when I did my undergrad internship at Palo Alto Blind Rehab Unit, I learned about VIST and I wanted to grow up and be a VIST coordinator. So I went to grad, <laughs> got my master's in rehab teaching, and three years later, I became the San Francisco VIST coordinator. And I think um, back in that day, which was 1990, this was very different than what it is today. It's always been case management, but we did a lot more training. Those of us that had degrees in the field, like I would do, teach people how to use a telephone or if I gave them prosthetic aid, a talking tape recorder in those days, we yeah. how to use them. The other really cool thing about VIST and what I loved about VIST is it's like being your own mini agency director with, with an unlimited budget. Huh. And support groups, I did recreational activities with my vets. Some of them are veterans, like the um, Winter Sports Clinic and the Veterans Tea Tournament. And out here in California, um, we have a Veterans Fishing Derby twice a year, which is a great way for our vets after they've gotten their training to put those skills to use. And then I could evaluate them in person with them when, you know, we're doing things out, going out to dinner and stuff. One of the greatest prides I ever had was my spouse's support group. And it ended up being all women, although that's not necessarily the case um, today, as we know. But I had a vet whose wife was a typical Jewish mother type person, and she and her are very close today. And she would not let her husband do anything. And after attending my group, actually, she is the one that came to me and wanted a spouse's group. And about two years later, she decided she's taken off to Oregon and she's leaving her husband at home. And she had someone come in twice a week just to check his medications. And that's really what the whole umbrella of the VA blind rehab system can do. VIST or the outpatient instructors or the blind rehab centers or the blind rehab clinics. Historically in the VA until last um, director and this director, VA Blind Rehab was always ran by a blind veteran, and I hope to see us get back there someday. I think it's a very different picture when you're having someone who has a disability and who's a veteran running the whole program versus a sighted person. It's not, nothing bad about sighted person. By the way, um, 
for the VIS coordinator are myself in blind. Um, but I just think it's a real key element in running bleeding rehab. Our last director was um, Don Gardner, and he's been gone for a long time. So we now have our second interim director. We did have, for those of us that know Charlie Crawford, um, prior to Gail um, getting the job, Charlie got the job. He's a C ACB member. And unfortunately, he had only been on the job for about a month. And he had an aneurysm right there. And he says if it wasn't at the VA, he wouldn't be alive today. And he would have been an incredible blind rehab director. Um, so, yeah, as, as um, you know, this comes from two sides, social work or blind rehab side. And um, that's pretty much all I wanted to share right now. I just, you know, it was my dream job. It really was. And today I just call every vet my vet. They're my vets, you know, even though I'm, I'm separated from the system. They're all my vets. So thank you. Thank you for your service, Tyson. And I'm sorry, I forgot your VIS coordinator's first name. Is it Jeff? Jeff. Yes. Hi, Jeff. Thank you for doing what you do to serve blind veterans. Uh, uh, Marjorie, thank you. Appreciate it a lot. Really do. I think VIS coordinators are the tie into the blind rehab system. We're the first people they come into. So Correct. Yeah. Thanks, Margie. It's good Thank to hear you. Thank you. All okay. right. And now we're going to hear from someone with the phone number that begins with 978. Yes. Hello. Hello? Can you hear me? Yes, we can. You can. Yes. I'm Dr. Gerard Boucher from Haverhill, Mass. I'm a blinded wall veteran. <clears throat> and I wonder, I wonder how you doing? Um, thank you, Jeff, for having this uh, conference call mm -hmm. and also uh, uh, talking about the virus. Uh, my lady friend is uh, being tested because it's related to her job. She's a homemade. And if she tested positive, what, what's the first steps she should do if she's diagnosed with uh, coronavirus? <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure who wants to take that one. <laughs> I'm a yeah. social worker. But I mean, obviously, if you get, if you were in contact with a lot of people and you found out you were positive for this, I think, you know, the responsible thing to do would be to absolutely make contact with as many of those people as you could to let yeah. them know um, you've been exposed. And so you may want to get. That's tested. what I told her. Yeah. Also, Jeff, uh, can I make an announcement that uh, for the blinded veterans in Massachusetts, I'm going to have a conference call this Thursday, June 11th. Of course. At uh, 11 a.m. Okay. Uh, is there a way that they can uh, that they can get a hold that they can call on that if they're listening? Yeah. Can I leave my number with you? Uh, it's uh, going to be recorded. So it is, if you yeah, want, it's going to yeah. record and go out. Nine seven eight five two one three nine eight two. If anybody's interested for the blinded veterans in Massachusetts to keep the group going to help out all blinded veterans in the state. And uh, I'll give them the contact information for that day, Thursday, June 11th at 11 a.m. I appreciate you. I appreciate what did you, you say your first name was again? Gerard. 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 Thank you, Gerard. Thank you like very much. Sir, like Sir Gerard, he was a famous knight in France in the 15th century. <laughs> <laughs> he was strong with a spear. <laughs> I, I'm strong. I'm strong with the white cane, but they break like toothpicks. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, thank you for serving with me, Gerard. I appreciate oh, that. You're very welcome. Thank you too, Jeff, and uh, the, the lady too. I forget her name. I'm Cindy. Cindy, yeah. Thanks, Cindy. Yeah. Oh, Cindy, uh, yeah. I'm always taking. I'm always taking advantage of your conference calls, Cindy. God I'm, bless you. I'm glad you are. Thank you for being here. Oh, okay. you're very welcome. 
All right. Have a good one. Thank you. Yep. Thank, Thank you. you. Bye. Bye-bye. All right. Next we have Eugene. Hello, sir. There you are. Cindy, Jeff, and Tyson. Hello. I'm Eugene. I served in the Navy from June of 69 till the end of January of 91. Uh, I didn't get a chance to go to the VA or anything until after I lost my vision, which was in 2006. And I started going there, and we had different VIS coordinators uh, and bros. Our VIS coordinator now is uh, uh, Delva Freeman, and our bros is Rebecca Munjack. There's two of the nicest ladies uh, you'd ever want to meet. Uh, they make sure we have the equipment we need. If something breaks, uh, you call them, and they'll uh, yeah, see about either getting it replaced or fixed. And, yeah, that, uh, we do they are getting yeah. What? Excuse me. I'm sorry, Eugene. I was just wondering where, um, what area are you lo located? I'm located in? in Pinellas County, which is uh, the uh, um, used to be Bay Pines, and now they got the new name, oh, William. Okay. Yes, Florida. Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and uh, you know they're great. Right now, uh, you call, you get one of them. Monday's in the office. The other one's in the office on Fridays. But uh, if you need anything, you leave messages. They check and they they'll call you. Uh, so it's great. Uh, I haven't been to the rehab yet, uh, but one of these days I may end up going there. Uh, I hope you do. That see, is if I, little... see, if I, see if I can learn anything more other than what I already know. <laughs> <laughs> rehab is a gift to yourself. It's fantastic. I'm, I'm telling you, Eugene, I've been three times <laughs> yeah. getting ready for a fourth. Yeah. Well, I do, I do good on the computer. Uh, and, um, you know, so... That's my biggest one, and uh, I do good on cooking, so Excellent. I'm by myself, so I don't have to, you know. Mm -hmm. but, uh, there's, there's always some new skill, too, that, they, that they've always got there. Yeah, I need to learn to do some hobbies. I used to do hobbies. Uh, I used to do woodworking, uh, but uh, it's kind of hard to do what I, I used to make French provincial end tables. No, I think, Jeff, Jeff correct me if I'm wrong. I'm sorry, Eugene, I didn't mean to interrupt. Okay, go ahead. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but the, I think West Palm Beach is his closest BRC. Yes, it is. Yeah, okay. That's it. Do Do you yeah. know if they have Do you know if they have the uh, the the woodworking and and all those uh, extra? Oh, if they're a blind center, they'll have all that because that's kind of part and parcel. Um, you know, Heinz was the original blind rehab center, and and they have it. So. Mm -hmm. I, I would guess, but I, I could find out for you. Oh, I mean, I oh and they gave, they gave me all kinds of goodies too. I got, I got like a click ruler, talking tape measure. Yeah, yeah. I got one of those too. That's <laughs> yeah, good all stuff. That kind of stuff is, <laughs> yeah. it's, I mean, I mean, they, they really do. They, they hook you up. They teach you, they teach you basic home repair. Mm -hmm. um, and they give you all the equipment that you, that to do it safely, to do it effectively. Um, well, I got all the, tools to, to do uh, home repair <laughs> yeah I had, I had all that before <laughs> uh, you probably knew there's, there's new stuff all the time there's new stuff you know, um you know and, I, if i could chime in just to say eugene that if you did woodwork before you went blind there is no reason you could not do it after going blind there are other people who are blind who do woodwork and so the key would be to go somewhere where you could um, learn some techniques to maybe just do it differently. And I just have this sinking suspicion. You'd pick it up, the, you know what I mean? And find 
your way to making it work for you. So when I was in the 11th grade, I helped teach wood shop. Uh, that's where I built my first provincial end table. Mm. And I, I did that back in the sixties and I gave that to my parents for a Christmas present. I still got it. It's still in one piece. Mm. It needs to be nice. re, uh, refinished. Uh, mm. But, uh, you know, I love doing stuff like that and collecting coins. That's the hardest thing, trying to read what's on a coin. Uh, even with the uh, CCTV. Are you aware of the VA's um, interaction with IRA? Yes. Yes, I'm aware okay. of that. Have you taken advantage of that? Uh, no, I haven't recently. No, but uh, I'm thinking about it. Yeah, because that's, that's a deal. Right. I mean, you're getting, you're getting the, the, one of the, the 400 minute package for only $30 a month. Yeah, they're talking the about, I think I had to go to um, school and I don't think it was West Palm beach. I think they were going to send me to school in Augusta, Georgia. Yeah. Yeah. It is. Yeah. And I'm trying, I'm trying to get into a thing that they teach over at uh, Tampa at the uh, Haley center uh, for the veterans. It's mm -hmm. called uh, one touch self-defense. Uh, mm. It's a, work. it's a great program, actually. We've had um, them come out to conventions for ACB and do the One Touch, and it's pretty awesome. So, see, I want to be an instructor. That's great because I took martial arts before. Mm -hmm. uh, so, they, and then being a retired deputy sheriff, you know, I I kind of know some of all that. So, right on. Uh, yeah. All right. All right. Thank you, Eugene. Right. Thank you for serving with me. Okay, y'all take care. Thank okay. you. Thanks, All right. Bye. 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 All right. And then um, Margie has got her hand raised again. So I'm going to let her chime in. Go ahead, Margie. Okay. Uh, just chiming in with a couple answers. West Palm Beach does have a wood shop. Yeah. And um, the gentleman that just was speaking, you really should go through a blind rehab unit. But that being said, because you don't know what you're what you're missing and you would learn all the adaptive techniques and then issue some, some adaptive tools for that. But that being said, you do not have to go through a blind rehab center to get updated equipment. Um, your VIS can issue that and can uh, contract out. Now I'm saying this coming from San Francisco. I don't know all your guys' areas and I had some contracting agencies that I would contract out because there's no reason to wait on a list for six months to go get an upgraded computer if you have a need for it or an Apple Watch, or Ira, or something like that. And while you may need to learn to use it, and may need to learn to use an iPhone, you don't need necessarily need to wait to go to a blind rehab center. I always felt my job was to meet the needs of the vets and meet them now. I, I did some outpatient stuff, a lot of it, but I also sent them through blind rehab because none of that alone will replace the experience of being in a center for, you know, four to six weeks with the so I just wanted to throw that out. Okay. Thank you, Margie. Yeah, thank you. Hi, Pat. My name is Pat Sheehan. I work at Department of Veterans Affairs. I'm the uh, 508 coordinator for the department. So it's my job to make sure that the websites that you guys go to, My Healthy Vet, eBenefits, uh, all those areas where you guys can get your services are accessible to you. I, I've been doing this now for about how many years? I guess I've been with the VA since 1988. Worked, worked, uh, worked with Margie. We've worked with a lot of the uh, coordinators, blind rehab. And uh, I would be very interested to hear from the technology side what you guys are having issues with, with, with respect 
services at the VA that we can we can do a better job with that. Alongside the Blind Veterans Association and uh, meet with them on a regular basis. But anything that uh, my office can do to help you access uh, IT, you know, technology services at the VA, what we like to do. I just want to say thank you for your service. And uh, my offices at the VA is there to serve you guys. So whatever we can do to help, that's why we're here. Thank you. Oh, thank you, Pat. Um, I I personally have not had any real difficulties with accessing uh, any parts of the VA. Um, Jeff, have you heard any? Have you heard anything from from your vets? No, not no. Nothing. As far as technology goes, <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. I think you know initially everybody was interested in wearable technology. But people quickly realized it was not the panacea that it was made out to be. You know, it's wonderful for the people it works for, but I think people had really high expectations for it and were pretty disappointed when they didn't get the results they wanted. Um, but yeah, this these programs like ERA that I run, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, that's oh, that is just so cool. Yeah, I worked it, with Paul Schrader to, to to move that, try to move that forward in the in the VA for the vets. And that's, that's a great program for the vets. No question about it. That's really good. Mm -hmm. uh, the other thing that we've been working on and trying to improve, and we know we've got a lot of work to do are the kiosks. When you come into the centers, uh, making sure that the kiosks are going to be accessible. I know that they're looking at taking out the old and putting in new kiosks um, uh, because the ones that they have in there have been there for what, 10 years or 12 years or whatever. So they, they really need to do a better job. They actually put the old set of kiosks in before iPhones were even on the market. Of course, now you've got all the tablet, iPhone technology, Android and everything like that. So mm -hmm. I think what we're going to see in the next phase is going to be much more accessible technology. And I was listening to something with um, the TPG with um, uh, the, the, um, the Sparrow Jaws folks and they were talking about kiosks and the kiosk technology and how they've incorporated a stripped down version of JAWS to work in those kiosks now, blah, blah, blah. So yeah, that's excellent. lessons learned. That's so the, that's the same thing that I'm hearing as well, is that, is that uh, it's going to come down to, a, to an additional program to make those accessible. Uh, and I know I'm aware of ACB's work with that uh, as well. And uh, definitely thank you for, thank you for, joining and jumping in on that cause because sure. it's well acb beats me up on a regular basis i'm also, <laughs> an, AC, I'm also an acb member uh, but nice. they beat me beat me up on a regular basis and uh don beats me up on a regular basis and uh, good they, <laughs> oh yeah they keep they they uh, take me to task and uh oh who's the president what's his name um um Wait. tom Campieri, yeah a blind veterans association takes me to task very often and yeah, so I've got a lot of people to answer to, so it's kind of cool. Well, well, thank you for doing what you do for to to make the uh, to make it more accessible for us. Just make sure you keep the pressure on, you know, keep right. exactly focused, right? Yeah. Okay, good. Thanks. Right. Thanks, Cindy. Thank you. Thanks, Pat. Good Thanks, to have Pat. you on here. Yeah, it's good to be on here. Thanks. Mm -hmm. All right, I'm gonna take a look. It doesn't look like anybody else um, has their hand up. Okay. All right. So. Um, 
And uh, thank you all for sharing and, and talking with us about, you know, the different things you've experienced and, and, and the services you've provided and do provide. Um, but Jeff, what I want to talk to you about is um, the, and I know that I didn't know this um, when I first, when I first lost my sight is I was under the, under the belief that because I, this didn't happen in the service that I couldn't get services from the VA. That is an excellent point. And that is something that is, has hampered the program because really, if you're around the VA much, um, you know that service connection kind of becomes um, a big thing that, that the higher service connection, the more disabled you are, more services you need. Um, and so it, that's the way it's set up. If you get injured in the military, then you have services available to you and you have compensation. So, yeah, it was not really intuitive for people to think, you know, I got out of the military in 1945 and then in 2015, I went blind. People wouldn't even think to, to pursue uh, vision services through the VA. Yet they have this awesome, awesome program. And, you know, a lot of it is the advocacy from Blind Veterans of America. Uh, a lot of um, former directors and people who are in high level positions within the VA, lots of times will then retire and join the BVA and use some of those skills to kind of help secure money from, from Congress for, for the VIS programs. And, you know, um, I think Margie said this earlier, but, you know, the VA makes it, makes it very easy for veterans to get equipment. But on the other side of that, most of us uh, social workers uh, came up through the nonprofit side. And so, you know, that's kind of where we were passionate about those sorts of issues, but there was no money to be had to really provide anything. And now we're in a situation where, you know, we can, we're in a situation to help someone and we can actually have the products that they need. And it's, you know, it's like night and day. Every once in a while, I will go speak at our or our public library. <laughs> you know it, Tyson. I do. Uh, yep, you do. You spoke there. Um, you know, and the people who come who are not veterans, it is so difficult to tell them about the VA program. It's almost like a, a tease because if they have to just rely on state and community kind of services, they're not going to get much um, in that way. So, yeah, we're super fortunate that that the VA is all in on, on vision. Well, and, and I think that's another thing I want to emphasize with this for people who might be listening to this um, via ACB radio or late, late, listening to this later as a, as a podcast or on the ACB community channel uh, when it gets rebroadcast, um, is that, yes, you do not have to be service connected in order to receive uh, services through, through the VIST. Um, neither does it need to be service related. Uh, again, if you if you experience vision loss, um, whether whether it be age related macular degeneration or uh, traumatic sight loss, uh, TBI, anything like that, you you can get services, and uh, hopefully um, you aren't shying away because you don't believe that you can't, or you do believe that you that you're not eligible for services because that's how I was until I came across my uh, my O and M instructor who did her um, who did her internship at the VA and said, why aren't you hooked up with it? And I said, because I, I don't get it. And she goes, uh, yes, you do. <laughs> and literally like, you know, took me by the shoulders and shoved me in that direction. And my world changed. 
That's neat. It, yeah, it's atypical within the VA, I think, that, yeah, I mean, the things that they offer, it's just amazing, you know. I mean, if you thought about private insurance and would they send somebody to blind rehab services for six weeks inpatient, like, would they do that? And then while that person is in blind rehab, would they assess them for every visual aid that would benefit them and then issue it to them and then train them on it? with no charge. Like, you know, there's not a, a private insurance company in the world that does that. Yet the VA does that routinely and not enough people know about it. Like it is a world-class vision organization. Um, nobody can touch it. Like it, it really is something. And, you know, the VA gets a bum rap sometimes, but there are so many good programs um, and so many good people too, who just want to take care of veterans. Uh, so yeah, I mean, it is, it is a dream job. It really is. You know, you get to, somebody needs a CCTV and it's maybe $3,500 and you can issue that without blinking an eye, you know, and I've had experiences where I would help deliver it to the home and we would set it up. And, you know, I saw a, a great grandfather see his grandkids and great grandkids for the first time because it set up the CCTV in his house and he was able to put those pictures under there. You know, that's life-changing stuff. That's really meaningful stuff. And that's, you know, I wish more people knew that the VA did these types of things. But yeah, we're proud of that. Well, that's, and that's one of the, that's one of the reasons why, a secondary reason why I wanted to have, wanted to have this and, and you in particular on this, because we wanted to talk about what services are available, not just, not only, mostly because, you know, I wanted to make sure how you guys are all doing out there, um, how you're coping with it, and to know that you're, you're not alone um, that we are thinking about you guys. Uh, even if we don't make contact as often as we should, um, you're definitely not alone in this. Uh, but also to let you know, for those of you, especially, especially those of you who don't know um, about this amazing program, because like you said, Jeff, the VA sometimes gets a bum rap. You know, there's a lot of things happened several years ago uh, that really put the VA in a bad light. Mm-hmm. And, and most people who have been part of the VA are aware of it. Um, but I, I will say that in, in the last, uh, since that happened, uh, they have really made strides to, um, to really reform and reshape the VA. Uh, and I've seen the direct results of that. I, I don't think, um, I really have had a bad experience with the VA. So, um, and, and yeah, I, I mean, everything from free medicine being delivered to my door when I need it to, uh, therapy, to, to everything within the VA, but then even within the, the, the rehab services, um, you know, the other stuff that we always talk about equipment, 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 but we don't talk about, for example, um, the healthy eye exams. We don't talk about the low vision exams to see how your vision is changing and, and what things can be done. Uh, how train you how to use your vision that you have, which is, again, you get that at the at the at the BRCs, the blind rehab centers, where they will work with you with what your vision is and how to how to effectively use it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. that, that's a great point. You know, the the blind rehab centers and the VA they train you basically where you're at with your vision loss, and so you know it. it you know, sometimes the training will involve blindfolding, like worst case scenario, if you are completely in the dark. So they train you for that, because if you can, if you can learn to adapt to that, then if you have a little bit of vision, then you can adapt better. But that's not really the philosophy with the VA. They want to train you with what you have because they know you're going to use it. Mm-hmm. And if you continue to lose it, 
and they just have you back to train you again. And so it's not one and done. It's, you know, veterans can go there every year for the rest of their lives. Right. I, I do want to, I do want to plug one of the service that I know not a lot of, some people know about. Um, and again, this was, this was brought up to me uh, by my last VIS coordinator out, out in California before I moved out here and met you. But uh, if you have a guide dog, there is the true panion. And now it sounds bad, but they consider a guide dog to be a prosthetic, the same <laughs> as your cane is a prosthetic. And therefore they have to cover it. And so if you sign up with the, for the service, uh, you can have your dog's medical insurance covered everything. You will never pay a dime for any medical care need that your dog needs. I think that includes harness and lease and, and things like that. Uh, I'm not sure about that. Cause I, I know the school, the school deals with all that if I need it, but, um, yeah. but I mean, vaccines every year, uh, it's healthy checkup. When I moved to Illinois, um, my dog decided to be a dog and she reached down and grabbed something off the airport floor. Uh, three days later, I'm taking her into the vet because she's bleeding uh, out the backside because of whatever she picked up was stuck and she had to go in for, to have it, have herself opened up and have it removed. And I didn't pay a dime. Uh, that was fully taken care of. And uh, I know the philosophy is, is so that anything is covered so long as it will return the dog to your service. Uh, if it doesn't, then they won't cover that. Hmm, that's excellent. Tyson. Yes, ma'am. Margie has her hand raised again. Okay. okay. All, right. All right. And then uh, Cindy. All uh, right. Is, is David? I'm sorry. Yeah, he is still here. Okay. Margie. Can I be heard? Yep. Yes. A uh, couple of things that in this talking that occurred to me. Um, first of all, unless something drastically changed, they will only take care of your dog as a prosthetic aid if you are service connected for sight loss. Um, the other thing is for any veterans that might be listening, old time veterans where you used to have to pay to go to blind rehab, you used to pay your transportation, thanks to the BVA. All blind vets are treated the same. You don't have to pay your transportation to blind rehab. And then the other thing that I think is so important, if you have RP or MS or diabetic retinopathy, and those are, well, diabetic retinopathy is, um, although this population is almost over, is related to exposure to Agent Orange. Um, and yet, if you can prove you were exposed and you have diabetes, that's an automatic service connection. But more importantly, there are some presumed service connections. And I don't know how well VA Blind Rehab is doing anymore with benefits. Uh, we used to take care of benefits on the blindness side of the uh, VA system. But if you have RP and you're diagnosed within seven years of discharge, you're automatically service connected. Um, same thing with MS. However, let's say you have something in your medical records from your military service. It doesn't have to be, um, you know, in a, in a war zone or not. But if you have something that shows you had problems at night with seeing in your record, that's more than likely a service connection to RP. So even if it's beyond that seven years, I think it's real important. Our vets out here, listen, knows that if you have RP, and you have something in your medical record that could be service connected. But if you're newly discharged and it's within seven years of diagnosis, it's an automatic um, service connection. I think that's extremely important for people to know. And the only other thing I want to say is ACB needs to build its vet blind veterans group. So all you vets out there. We're, 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 we're going to get to that, Margie. Okay. <laughs> okay. Jumping okay. the gun on me. 
Okay. Um, but our, Margie, I, Margie, I do have to say that, that there's one thing that I have to refute. Um, my vision sure. is not service connected and both of my dogs have been covered by the true pain. Okay. Then they, then they have changed that. Thank yes. you. Okay. Thank you for that. Um, so, and I wanted to make sure so that, uh, so that, you know, veterans know that. And if you get a dog, you just register it. Um, it's a very easy process and you, they give you an insurance card. You hand that to your vet and they build a VA for everything. Um, except for things like you can't get your dog's nails clipped. You're going to make you pay for that. Um, so, uh, um, what I want to do in these last couple minutes, um, David, I know you're out in the audience. If I could ask you to speak about, uh, about Viva visually impaired vets of America, uh, and let people know, um, how to join that if you would. Uh, um, David, I've, asked you to unmute so you can unmute yourself if you're on a computer it is alt a and if you are on the app there should be something on your screen that says to unmute so star six if he's on his phone he's not on a phone because he came okay. in with his name so if you're on a mac it's command shift a right mm -hmm. okay so um, so unfortunately, I can't unmute you. I need you to unmute yourself, David. Okay. Yeah. Well, I, I, oh, I thought I heard him. Okay. Well, um, I will just go ahead and uh, uh, sure. So, if um, if you are an ACB member, or if you're not an ACB member, if you are a veteran, the spouse of a veteran, family of a veteran, or you just support the cause of veterans, of blinded veterans, ACB has a, a blinded veteran affiliate. It is known as VIVA, the Visually Impaired Veterans of America, and uh, it is uh, fifteen dollars to join that affiliate for the year. Um, and I was hoping David could could uh, could give me a little bit more on this. Um, the, if you wish to join, um, we currently don't, as far as I know, it currently does not have a method of signing up online, but what you can do is send an email to veterans of ACB at gmail.com. And that will be, uh, and, uh, uh, we'll get that or David will get that rather. And, um, We'll get you, we'll get in contact with you uh, and uh, we'll get you signed up. Um, we're looking, we're looking to, to uh, build that affiliate um, and, and make it, uh, make it a strong part of ACB uh, as well as an advocate for the, for the veterans, for the blinded veterans uh, across the States. Uh, your voice within ACB from the VA. Uh, so I would very much uh, appreciate any of you that would that would do that, and um, and uh, and also if uh, if you don't mind me chiming in, Tyson, not at all. if anybody uh, has topic areas that they would like to see us cover for veterans, you can email me at community at acb .org. That's community at acb .org, and let me know. Uh, topics that you would like and um, we'd love to bring that to you and um, we do have a raised hand so we just have a, it's just a couple minutes left um, okay we can take a question uh, Teresa hi uh, good evening this is Teresa here from Little Rock and hi Teresa Tyson, hi Hello. as you and Cindy have probably seen uh, my email address um, I work at the VA 
I work um, in Little Rock. I work in the social work service department. And I want to thank you, Tyson and uh, Jeff, yes. for, your ser- for your service to our country. Um, my brother and my father both served. Uh, my father was a Korean War veteran. My brother was um, the um, Gulf War Desert Storm era, that, um, that time frame. Now, neither one of them are visually impaired. Well, in my father's case was. In my brother's case, he's not visually impaired. But um, I still commend all veterans for what they have done, you know, taking care of us, protecting us. Thank you for that, Teresa. I did know a visually impaired veteran um, who lost his sight in Vietnam back in 1969. And his wife... she was not very uh, well to say. She was not his advocate, oh. and I'll leave it at that. Right. And it was very sad. Yeah. Right. Well, thank you, thank you for uh, thank you for serving um, to help the vets, Teresa. That's very that's very um, it's very nice. Uh, Jeff, is there anything um, we're coming up close to the close to the uh, closing time for this? Is there anything you want to add in? Yes, quickly. If legal blindness is considered a catastrophic disability within the VA, and if you know someone who's a veteran who has sight issues, it doesn't matter if maybe they can't get into the VA now because of maybe they're over the income threshold. If I can get somebody's private eye care records that say they were legally blind, I can enroll them through the catastrophic disability route and fast track it. So that's also a lot. People don't know that either, but that's been a way to get a lot of people into VIST who would not have otherwise been in the VA because at this stage of life, they have a little bit too much income um, to be there. So Mm -hmm. I wasn't aware of that. Uh, The last thing, the last thing I'd like to, I'd like to kind of touch on before we sign off. uh, uh, We, there's also another, um, uh, another situation that's going on increasingly amongst the veterans, and that is uh, the rate of suicide among veterans. Uh, if you are a veteran, if you are listening, and even if you're not a veteran and you're listening, uh, if you feel as though um, life is too hard, uh, there is a hotline you can call. Uh, if you call your local V office, uh, they give you a, uh, I think, I believe it's uh, press one to connect to the veterans hotline. Uh, if not, I believe it's one 800 253 and my mind just blanked on the rest. Oh my goodness. Forgive me. Jeff, do you happen to know that number by chance? No, but I was going to look it up real fast. <laughs> yeah. My mind compl- As soon as I said the three, the rest of the four numbers went by. 1-800-273-8255. Okay. Thank you for that, Jeff. Um, okay. All right. So uh, I would like uh, Jeff, first of all, thank you for, thank you for coming and talking with us um, tonight. Uh, you've been uh, a great resource for me personally, and I hope you've been a great resource for these guys. It's been, it's been awesome to talk with you again. It's been a few minutes. Yeah. Well, thank you for having me. This was a lot of fun. I appreciate it. It was, and maybe we'll do it again here sometime soon. Absolutely. Um, this, uh, so the rest of you out there, thank you for joining. Thank you for joining, uh, Jeff and I and Cindy, uh, on behalf of ACB. Thank you for being, uh, thank you for being a veteran. Thank you for caring about the veterans. Uh, and thank you for serving with me if you did. Uh, on, uh, and I'll end it with this thought here is uh, make sure to love each other. Make sure to love yourself. And remember, veterans, the goals may change, but the mission never ends.